With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Oh, hello, it's Mike again. Nothing but the truth. My personal journey to find it. Uh, this would be part 10 of the Roman-Islam connection. But before we start, I'm going to read an article we're talking about Jesuits and all that other stuff. And yes, they're all interconnected in some twisted way. Um, but anyways, this article comes from American Thinker. And Daily Beast drops bombshell about Jesuits. Now, in the last episode, or last part, we were um, reading the defense for... Um, ex-Jesuit Alberto Rivera and his claims. And we discovered uh, that Hitler and many of the leadership of the Nazi party were all Roman Catholics and Jesuitly trained and inspiring to become Jesuit priests themselves. Let's hear what this article has to say. What kind of bombshell did they drop? says here, we know that the Society of Jesus, a.k.a. the Jesuits, was a go-to religious order of, for gay men wanting to become priests. Excuse me, that didn't make any sense. Let's try that again. Who knew that the Jesuit or the Society of Jesus was the go-to religious order for gay men wanting to become priests? In a damaging indictment of the Congregational Order to which Pope Francis belongs, ex-Jesuit seminarian Ben Bernkart or Brenkart uh, claims that the elitist order or organization covers up the activities of its homosexual priest. <clears throat> so we hear about the elites, the ruling elite. Uh, here we go, an elitist order, the Jesuits. And uh, there, uh, let's learn more about their twisted institution. He also adverts to official teachings of the Catholic Church are dead wrong on the topic. And the Daily Post, uh, Bernkert writes, but I saw homosexuality and Catholicism in the most holistic way. I put my, I'm sorry, the wrestling here. I put my needs for self-preservation last because I wanted to make a difference in the life of the L. GBTQ youth. 
and I bet you that would stand for lesbian, gay, uh, bisexual, transsexual thing, youth. I thought I could change things from the inside, but to do this right, I had to enter the church, church's most gay-friendly order, an order with political and social connections that rival the Beltway. Uh, that rivaled the Beltway, okay. Even then I knew it would take years and years to undo the damage done to the LGBTQ community by the church. Damage I hope to help repair in my lifetime as a priest. There were the gay Jesuits who were so closeted that they hid behind conservatism, leaving the Jesuits for formation programs in dioceses across the United States. There were gay Jesuits who put who were put in clerical prison for embracing undergrads too long and others who attended sex holics anonymous or whose personal collection of pornography was mistakenly played during high school lectures. <laughs> Gosh. I myself was groomed for sex by several older Jesuits. I saw the vehement uh, internalized homophobia of some Jesuits and knew of certain gay pastors uh, removed from their jobs so that less out and more uh, passable gay Jesuits replaced them at gray-friendly parishes. Contrary to what he may believe, a Bernkert offers his offering of an inside look at the underbelly of the gay culture in the Jesuits does not support his cause of getting the Roman Catholic Church to fully embrace practicing homosexuals. In fact, his admission that I'm back on the market dating and using apps like Tinder to look for a man whom I can share the joys and sorrows of life, a man with whom I can marry and love and raise raise children, suggests the man has a skewed view of what it means to be a priest in the church. Bernkirk lacks the acceptance of the church doctrine. May not be entirely his fault, his indictment of some gay priest that desires to keep their lifestyle quiet while benefiting from the perks of the Jesuit order sheds light on the confusion occurring within the seminaries. A confusion which should be clarified and settled. And can a former editor of Watchdog Wire, North Carolina, blog at xzoom.net. 
Anyways, that's something to think about, you know. We think about this uh, pedophile ring that's going on. Not only that, but there's this homosexuality going on. We look at adultery and how it's recompense from God leads to these sorts of acts. And then we look at all these wicked, vicious uh, uh, leaders like the Hitler and his gang of Nazis or... Uh, Stalin and his gang of Nazis are fascist, not fascist Nazis, communists, and etc. And then you can go on and on and on, and all the different connections throughout the world, and even in this country. And you start to see a picture forming. Anyways, before I get started and reading again about the article, is Alberto a is Alberto for real? I'm going to try to read another, or not read, I'm going to try to play another video. And hopefully it works. Hopefully it doesn't crash on me um, or freeze up on me. And this one is called The Fifth Trump Rise of Islam and Muhammad Part Two. And I think you'll find this interesting as well. Jesus warned us in Matthew 24 that false prophets would arise. Jesus actually told us where Muhammad would start his religion. Behold, I have told you before. Wherefore, if they shall say unto you, Behold, he is in the desert, go not forth. Behold, he is in the secret chambers, believe it not. It was in the desert that Muhammad got his revelation. He did not see the angel Gabriel as he claimed. He saw Abaddon or Apollyon. He saw the destroyer. It was a demon operating and pretending to be Gabriel who brought the Koran to him. And no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. I hope this is not too difficult for you to understand the symbolism being used here. Let's continue with verse 2 of chapter 9. And he opened the bottomless pit, and there arose a smoke out of the pit, as the smoke of a great furnace. And the sun and the air were darkened by reason of the smoke of the pit. The smoke that arose out of the pit as the smoke of the great furnace was the false doctrine of the Koran. Those were the false teachings that the demon gave to Muhammad. Of course you may know the Koran denies the deity of the Lord Jesus. They say Jesus was a prophet, but according to Islam, Allah has no son. They deny that Jesus died on Calvary's cross and shed his blood for your redemption. They say Jesus fainted or went unconscious on the cross and was brought around at a later date. They deny the inerrancy of scriptures. They promise a paradise for Muslims that will satisfy every sensual carnal desire. Muslims are motivated to terrorism and to die for their faith because the Quran tells them that fighting non-believers is the duty of every Muslim. The only way to be certain of going to heaven is to die fighting for the cause of Allah. If they can make it to heaven, the reward is that all Muslims are promised 72 virgins each. And of course, the repression of women and the suppression of civil rights for women are notorious. Now verse 2 continues, The sun and the air were darkened by the reason of the smoke of the pit. The new religion of Islam darkened the sun. The ruling Eastern Roman Empire, or Byzantium, was the sun of the day. All that remained of the old pagan Rome of the Caesars was about to have its sunlight extinguished by the smoke of this new religion that would come out of the desert. And there came out of the smoke locusts upon the earth, and unto them was given power, 
as the scorpions of the earth have power. Locusts are first mentioned in the book of Exodus. Moses lifted up his staff against Egypt, and God sent a wind from the east, and they consumed everything they could eat right across the land of Egypt. The locusts from the east signified judgment. Now in Revelation, this is God's judgment on pagan Rome for their false worship, immorality, and the persecution of God's true church. Even today, the literal locusts range over two dozen modern countries in North Africa and the Middle East. Not to jump ahead, but if you had a map overlay of the range of the desert locusts during its swarming phase and the spread of Islam to 750 AD, it is almost identical. During the good years, the desert locusts breed by the millions in large swarms. They change colors to bright yellow and orange, and they devour everything in sight. And in Judges chapter 6, Arabs are likened unto locusts. For they came up with their cattle and their tents, and they came as grasshoppers for multitude, for both they and their camels were without number, and they entered into the land to destroy it. And again in Judges 7, And the Midianite and the Amalekites and all the children of the east lay along in the valley like grasshoppers for multitude, and their camels were without number, as the sands of the seaside for multitude. Now I know somebody's going to get smart and say, you're preaching about locusts, but here it says grasshoppers. If you get out your concordance, grasshoppers and locusts are the same as far as scripture is concerned. So the Arabs are portrayed as locusts, and in the days of the plagues of Egypt, the locusts came from the direction of Arabia. It is also interesting to note that the Hebrew word for locust is arbe, and the Hebrew word for Arab is arbi, which are pronounced almost the same. Locusts, of course, are migratory, and they are irresistible. Once they come, there is nothing pretty much you can do to turn them back. And what about the combined symbolism here? What about the scorpion? The scorpion also arises in Arabia. If you want to look up the first mention of scorpion, look to Deuteronomy chapter 8 and verse 15. It talks about the desert being full of scorpions, but God brings them through the desert safely. In fact, that region is notorious for large black scorpions, which are much more deadlier than any other variety. If you see one, it's nightmares for everyone. The Arabs and Bedouins also have amongst them an epic poem. They were not just ignorant nomadic people. They were intelligent. They had poets just like Chaucer and Shakespeare. There is a specific poem called The Romance of Antar, and that poem clearly states that the locusts are the symbol of the Arabs, and the Arabs are the Ishmaelites. Now what about this? I think this is clinching it. The Arabs themselves have an Islamic tradition. It is not in the Quran, but in one of their collection of sayings. This Islamic tradition states that locusts fell onto Muhammad's hand, and on the wings of the locusts it is written, We are the army of God. Once again, we have a preponderance of evidence, and I don't think we could have any doubt that this is a prophecy about the rise of Islam among the Arab peoples. It took place in and around 612 AD when Muhammad got his revelation from Abaddon. He fled from Mecca to Medina in 622, which they start their Hegira calendar. In verse 7, we get a little bit more detail. And the shapes of the locusts were like unto horses prepared unto battle. And on their heads were, as it were, crowns like gold. And their faces were as the faces of men. So we see a combination of symbols here. The horse also has its origins in Arabia. We are told that this symbolizes the great military might of the Arabs and the speed of their conquests, 
because they rode upon these Arabian horses and they were famous for their swift cavalry conquest. The great historian Edward Gibbon says the charge of the Arabs was not of compact infantry, but their military force was chiefly cavalry. These were horses prepared under battle because Islam was and is a militaristic fighting conflict religion which seeks to advance its cause by military might and conquering its enemy. And thus Muhammad himself wrote, The sword is the key to heaven and hell. One drop of blood spilled on the battlefield, one night spent under arms, will count more than two months of fasting and prayer. So they were using cavalry, they were fierce, they were warlike, just like the descendants of Ishmael were to be. And then we are told, and on their heads were, as it were, crowns like gold. Now the Arabs, or Saracens of this particular period were characterized by wearing golden-yellow, saffron-colored turbans. We are told by the prophet Ezekiel, And a voice of a multitude, being at ease, was with her. And with the men of the common sort were brought Sabians from the wilderness, which put bracelets upon their hands and beautiful crowns upon their heads. Muhammad and his armies had put their hair up inside these golden-colored turbans, which were often decorated with gold and with precious stones. We are also told that the locusts had faces of men. What does this mean? It means the conquering warriors had beards. The Arab followers of Muhammad were bearded people with long, flowing beards. Their beards were a sign of their masculinity, and that is still true in Arab nations today. If you remember when the Taliban tested their holiness to the Islamic religion based on the thickness of their beard. I am sure you saw them putting their hands in to feel how thick the beard was, to see if they were really good Muslims. As you can see, this all ties together. It is not too difficult as you study theology and history side by side. The Spirit of God got it exactly right, and they had hair as the hair of women, and their teeth were as the teeth of lions. Not only had they had beards, but they had hair like the hair of women. This is not common nowadays, but in those days, the Arabs had long flowing hair, unless preparing for battle. They would have had it tied up under their turbans as they went forth into battle. Do your own research and look at history books regarding the Crusades and the pictures of Saladin. You will see the long flowing locks, beards, and everything else. And then it says, and their teeth were as teeth of lions. What does this mean? It means they were savage. It means that they were ferocious. They went in to get their prey, and nothing could stop them. Can you see how all this is fitting together? Someone wants to have literal locust-like creatures somewhere out in the future. All this nonsense of futurism, and we've got it right here in front of us. People ask, how do you know the Bible is true? Fulfilled prophecy. What other holy book can show the inspiration of the Spirit of God? to inspire a man to write on a little island of Patmos in 96 AD and to show him things that would happen 600 years in the future. And the Spirit of God gets the description so absolutely perfectly correct, but he's not done yet. Okay, that was, once again, the fifth trump. Rise of Islam and Muhammad, uh, Muhammad, part two, and um, if you have time today, we will, or this recording, we will do uh, part five. 
And I know it seemed like we're bouncing around over the place from Jesuits to Islam to uh, Nazism to Hitler, Stalin, um, Alberto Rivera. But you know what? The more and more you study this, the more you realize how intricately tied in all these groups are. And there is there are a lot of relevance to sharing as broad a picture as we can and then bring it back down to what it really is. So, uh, Anyways, we're going to go back to the uh, uh, is Alberto for real? Now we're on charge 11. Uh, the 12 most uh, asked questions or accusations against uh, Alberto Rivera. The next one is uh, number 11 once again. Is it wrong to, to infer that the Jesuits formed and led the dreaded Astasi death squads? In Yugoslavia, answer regarding to the Romanist persecution of the heretics of Yugoslavia, we have so much material, it is difficult deciding what to quote and what to leave out. I will start with the booklet Ravening Wolves by the late Miss Monica Farrell, a converted Roman Catholic, on the front cover, we read, quote, this is the record of torture and murder committed in Europe in uh, 1941 through 1943 by an army of Catholic ac- actionists um, known as the Astashi, led by monks and priests and even participated in by nuns. The victims suffered and died in the cause of liberty and freedom of conscience. The least we can do is to read the record of their suffering and keep in mind that it happened. Not in the Dark Ages, but in our own enlightened generation. The Eustasi is another name for Catholic action. Rather than quote the descriptions of the gruesome massacres of which the book is full, I will quote evidence against the Roman institution. Quote. Still further proof is found in the report of seven prominent Protestant clergymen who traveled from the U.S. to Yugoslavia to investigate for themselves and report to their fellow countrymen their findings. These seven investigators were Dr. G.E. Shipler, editor of the Churchman and Episcopalian, Dr. E.S. Burke, editor of Zion's Herald of Boston, a Methodist, Dr. G.W. Buckner, junior editor of World Call of Indianapolis, uh, disciple of Christ, Dr. P.P. Elliott of the First Presbyterian Church of Brooklyn, Dr. S. Uh, Tuxler, 
former president of Lutheran Synod of New York, Reverend C. Williams, director of the Institution of Applied Religion, Birmingham, Alabama, Reverend H. Excuse me, W. H. Mellish of the Church of the Holy Trinity and Episcopalian. Uh, quote. In their report, they say, <clears throat> quote, Among the documents we examined were great numbers of official Roman Catholic newspapers and periodicals, frankly telling the story from month to month of the archbishops, that is, Stepanak, who was the primate of the Catholic Church in Yugoslavia, collaboration with the Nazi forces. It seemed obvious that the reason for this candid recording of such collaboration was due to the conviction that Germany would win the war. Okay. <clears throat> the documents showed that the, when the Italians and Germans swept into Yugoslavia, underground bands of previously organized Roman Catholic laymen calling themselves crusaders and aided by individual priests and militant monks rose to receive the invaders. Uh, Pavlik and uh, Kurtenik, uh as Q-U-A-T, E-R-N-I-K, with the help of their German-Italian crusader soldiers, proceeded to carry out the German-sponsored racial program, which advocated the solidifying of the Croatian community to eliminate such minorities as Jews and gypsies, reducing the number of Serbs living in Croatia and compelling those remaining to turn Roman Catholic. Nearly 70,000 to the 80,000 Jews in the entire country were killed or forced to flee, their property being confiscated. 240,000 Serbs became uh, Byzantine Roman Catholics through forced conversions on pain of death. Those who resisted were shot, stabbed, and their bodies were thrown into mass graves, which were subsequently found and opened. This is the future for people like me in this country. Makes you wonder. We saw hundreds of sworn dispositions uh, arresting uh, to these crimes, excuse me, we saw hundreds of sworn depositions attesting to these crimes uh, made out by relatives or eyewitnesses and also in a few cases by survivors. Serbian church properties were seized and turned over to the Roman Catholic parishes and convents. In the total struggle in Yugoslavia, 1,700,000 men, women, and children perished. Yes, this institution, just like his counterpart, Islam, uh, have no respecter of who you are. <laughs> you could be a child. 
uh, and they have no problem killing you. It's sick. Raping and pillaging and murdering children. This is the history. And by the way, if you want to call me a bigot, you're going to have to back it up. Because obviously I'm not the one who's being the bigot. I'm simply sharing the historical truth of our lives. And if you wanted to call being prejudiced or being a bigot, then so be it. I really don't care what people think of me anyways at this point. Um, why should anybody care at this point? Anyways, I could easily go to quoting passages after passages from this excellent little book written by the true saint of God, all of which will confirm exactly what Albert Rivera and Jack Chick are saying. We will conclude by referring to the well-documented book Holocaust in the Independent State of Croatia by Dr. Lazo M. Kostik, published by Liberty Chicago in 1981. And it seems to me, folks, that one of the things they need to do is go through a few generations and get people to forget about everything that has happened, and then they go right back at it. Okay. Quotes, in his report dated September 24, 1941, uh, Rippentrop's foreign minister in Berlin, Dr. Grestenmar, related, Orthodox circles in Serbia are deeply embittered uh, by Croatian conduct. The Astashi have forced tens of thousands of Serbs in Croatia to accept a Catholic Church state. Those Orthodox who resisted either had their throats cut a mass, this is to be taken literally, or their property confiscated, and they will they were expelled and totally destitute, end quote. And I hope, folks, that you, any of you that do listen to any of this, and I know there's not very many, but you have enough sense to download this and share it with other people and encourage other people to download this and have a written record of it, even if it's just me and my sorry, pathetic voice that's doing it. Um, if you can spend some time, stop and pause, write down the names of these books and start reading themselves. Gather yourself, you know, a library of documented historical books to help you to understand more fully what I'm saying. And I hope you take it seriously. And um, we're in a dire situation. I think that we have no clue how bad things are going to be except by looking at the past and history. And whether you are a biblical uh, Christian who believes in the Bible alone, in Christ alone, or you're a liberal Catholic, or you're a uh, a Muslim, or you're a Hindu, or you're a New Ager, you're all in a heck of a lot of trouble. If we pay attention to history... One of the ironies of you have these gay, closet gay, homosexual, sodomite 
Jesuit priests, wannabe priests, who end up, you know, as coadjutors, bidding up being folks like Hitler. And you'll find a lot of them in our own government. And one of the things that they did when they're rounding up of people is they rounded up a lot of gay people in Nazi Germany and Italy and other places, and they were killed in mass. And it's my contention that this whole thing of legalizing gay marriage and making it a record makes it easier for uh, Catholics in action uh, these stocking groups, as you will, as they prepare themselves, develop themselves, and start to uh, organize in a more efficient way. One of the groups they're going to go after here are the, the sodomites. And, you know, although we hate the sin, we hate our own sin, right? We hate their sin. We don't hate the people. We realize that most of them have been completely and utterly deceived. Whether it's that it's biological in nature, that's the reason why you're gay, or whatever. The fact of the matter is, a lot of them are have a uh, um, a sorry future, not only in this life, but in the life to come. And if we care about them, we should at least warn them of what their future is. Not only to repent of their ways, as we all should, and all of us, and by the way, it's not just sodomites, they're poor behavior, you know, they're not behaving properly and against what God's will is. There are womanizing heterosexual males who go around and, you know, have sex with a whole bunch of women in their conquests and notches in their belt. And by the way, I was one of those guys for a little while of my time period, and, um, you know, a lot of guys are that way, and um, especially those who never knew the Lord and were just living in the world. My sin is no more less grievous than their sin. I was just as bad. I had to repent all that and let go of a lot of those things. A lot of women are just as bad, and so, you know, we have to uh, recognize what sin is. It's a totality, and so we have a tendency of putting all our hate and prejudice and bias towards gays, yet our own sin is just as grievous to God. Anyways, when it comes back to this whole thing about gay marriage, it's my contention that it is a way of uh, documenting and finding those who are self-professed open gays, and I'm sure that something grievous will happen to many of them down the road, once the the blank hits the fan, if you will, and uh, they lay down the hammer, it won't just be guys like me that'll be going after. Um, they'll be going after all sorts of groups. <laughs> and this has been going on forever and a day, and there's nothing new. So all these people that think they're so progressive truly are some of the most biggest victims of them all and how deceived they are working through a Roman Catholic canon law-based legal system thinking that somehow they can, through their voice, change things. 
instead of returning to the Lord, to his voice, to his word, and falling on your face and accepting the fact that you are a sinner, and that, you know, you and your group of Mary, uh, whatever you are, uh, will not change a thing for the better. Only a thin band-aid and a massive gaping wound. Anyways, Charles, uh, I don't know if I said that in a quote in that last thing, but Clark but, uh, Butterfield, ex-priest. After reading Alberto, I realized I was not alone in my decision as a former priest to bring salvation to millions of captives of the Roman Catholic system. I am honored to associate myself with the ministry of Dr. Rivera, end of quote. So another ex-priest who came out of the Roman Catholic Church. My prayer is that uh, Alberto Rivera really is legit. I don't know enough about him to flat out say it, but I do know this much. What he said is consistent with many other people who have exposed the crimes of the Roman church, the papacy, and yes, I'll say it once again, there are many good Roman Catholics and there are many good Muslims. Not all of them are filled with, I keep saying it wrong, but Laura said, I know it's good, but one, that's God. What do I mean? I guess it's decent trying. What do I mean good? I mean, they are trying to do the best for their family and do what's right. And they're not, you know, thinking in their hearts of who they can kill and who they can bomb and who they can uh, forcibly turn to uh, Muslim faith. They're too busy with their lives. Now, saying that, both these religious, military, political institutions, that being the Roman Catholic Church and the Islamic faith, have similar objectives, don't they? An inevitable, whether in lifetime or in our children's lifetime, the conflict will happen again, and, a, and even in a bigger way than Afghanistan or what's going on even in the Middle East. There is a fight for dominance between these two groups, and as Bible-believing Christians, we have zero responsibility to take a side. In fact, we have the responsibility of the, of the complete opposite. We should take no side in this matter. We should be sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ and saying, listen, you know what? We will not choose your side, either side. Because neither side's right. Not according to the Word of God. Now, are we supposed to hate all these people and fear them and be obsessed about them and spend all this time, whether it's Muslims or the Roman Catholics or the Jews? Of course we're not. Why do I do this so much? It's because they educate God's people of who the enemy is. And unfortunately, no, not too many voices out there are willing to do it, and God's put me in position to do it, and therefore I'm going to do it. And I know full well that I will not gain very many allies or friends for doing this. 
But I feel strongly what I'm doing is I'm serving the Lord in the capacity that he's put me in for the reasons that he knows best. Now, there are people who say, well, you should spend more time preaching the gospel. I tell you to start preaching the gospel yourself. In fact, I'm willing to have you come on my show and preach the gospel. You know what? But not everybody's role is to preach flat only the gospel. There are those of us who are out there to try to wake up the rest of God's people of all the delusions, the lies, the deceptions that are out there that ensnare and trap us all. And if somebody doesn't talk about this stuff, and if enough of us don't talk about this stuff, how are people going to be called to come out? Unless somebody calls them to come out. And, you know, it's one thing to have some guy saying that and reading a few scriptures, and there's another thing when you have somebody who's willing to not only use scripture, but history, facts on the ground, the best that we can uh, obtain, to paint a clear picture of what's really at stake here. Most importantly, uh, internal salvation, but also being part of any of these organizations makes you accountable for what goes on. And although you might not be one of them that pulls the gun, the trigger in the gun, or cuts the throat, or does the killing, you knowing this and being part of it is a commendation on you. It's a, it condemns you of being uh, guilt by, uh, what is it, association or an accessory to the crime. And do you really want to be part of any of this? Do you really? Some do. Some have nothing but hate in their heart. But I believe that most don't in these organizations. I believe most of them really don't even know what's going on. They're not privy to know what's going on. And um, so... Oh, thanks, my Michelle. Thanks. <laughs> All right, thanks. My mom, my sweet mom, actually brought me some food. I, I never get that kind of treatment. <laughs> wow. I feel like a privileged man, so... Anyways, charge number 12. It's false to say that Jesuits won preferred fifth columns in the allied non-Axis nations and two prepared secret commando cells in the U.S. So here we go, folks. Uh, we're going to learn about these secret commandos in the cells in the U.S. And if it happened back then, what makes us think it was not happening right now? It wasn't that far back, was it? This world is stranger than we can ever imagine. <laughs> Quote, to talk about Catholic fifth column, this sounds uh, discriminatory, yet one generation ago, Catholic minorities helped to destroy democratic Europe. This they did by cooperating with Hitler. On page 266 of the same book we read, quote, 
And of course, this is answer Avril Mahan's the Vatican, Moscow, Washington Alliance. And the last quote came from page uh, 265. This now is from 266. Again, who were gathered inside the Trojan horses to help Hitler's, Hitler tr- uh, topple the political and, yes, even military structures of Belgium and France? Once more, we find individual Catholic leaders and Catholic groups intimately connected with the hierarchies and therefore with the Vatican and the Pope Pius XII. In France, we meet a papal knight, Pierre Lavelle, a Jesuit trained general, uh, Wigan, and another prominent Catholic, Marshal Petain. If active Catholic minorities contributed to the disintegration of European democracy, an active Catholic minority could do the same in the United States. For confirmation of the above, that's in a quote by for confirmation of the above, see page 140 to 141 of the Vatican against Europe for secret Jesuit, quote, commando cells in the USA. See page three, or excuse me, 139 of the secret history of the Jesuits. Again, the claim of Rivera and Chick are proven to be true. Thank God for those who had the courage to let the truth be known about this great enemy of freedom and Christian righteousness, the Roman Catholic Church. Official certification. This is a copy of the last official certification that we uh, that was given to Alberto Rivera just before he left Spain in 1967. He received copies in both Spanish and English. The tactic. Most of the charges against Alberto Rivera have been directed texts against the integrity and validity of his claim that he was a Roman Catholic Jesuit and that he experienced his experience were were genuine. This approach is better described as character assassination. It is usually used in, in desperation by people who cannot honestly refute the facts. Those who use this approach of criticizing Dr. Rivera usually begin, excuse me, usually begin their string of lies, uh, statements like. Quote, detailed research has shown that. And by the way, you'll find that over and over again. They'll say, oh, this like detailed research that shows that, and then they'll just blather on about what the comments, and in the end, you don't have any citations at all. And this happens so many different places and on the Internet. It's mind-blowing. On occasions, they try to add the validity of their claims by pulling quotes from uh, compromising ecumenical quote, Christian publications that do not want to offend the Roman Catholic Church. And, of course, that's because they don't want to be martyrs and they don't want um, 
lose the benefits of association with the church. The fact that Rome has resorted to vicious and unrelenting character assassination attempts against Alberto Rivera is some of the surest proof that the claims he has made about Rome are right on the money. If his claims were false and the Catholic hierarchy would have proven him wrong years ago, he would surely have faded like the setting sun. So, you see, the Roman Church itself, by its very action, proves that Rivera is telling the truth. And, well, you know, part of that's legitimate, but you could also argue something else about that. You can say, well, the argument of that is it's fallacies, too. But the proof is in the proof. Where do they get their documentations? You'll find nothing. You'll never see any solid citations from anything of any credible source of attack on this man. You just won't. The religious crowd in Jesus, they hated him because he exposed their sin. Today's religious crowd will despise you as well if you begin shining light on their sinful ways. Alberto Rivera is living proof. Consider this portion of Scripture. For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. John 3.20 No wonder there has been such a vicious propaganda campaign against Dr. Rivera who has shown more light on Rome's wicked darkness than who else has shown uh, more light on Rome's wicked darkness than this one man? Who's doing the lying? It is very interesting that the, the Catholic Church would co- accuse Dr. Rivera of lying. For when it comes to telling outright falsehoods, Rome leads the field. This is true. This is something they cannot defend at all, <laughs> except with a punching you in the nose. That's about it. Violence is the only way, you know. And of course what that means is shutting you up. Because the truth is condemning when it comes to this false religion. How much trust can we put in Rome's denials of Rivera? Not one bit, especially in view of the following, which comes from Lesson 17. Quote, Love and service of man from the Catholic religion published by the Catholic Inquiry Center. Uh, looks like this says uh, Marabra and SW. 1979, it says, quote, It is lawful sometimes to conceal the truth or part of it. There are occasions when it would be harmful to oneself or others to tell the whole truth. It is not sinful to make ambiguous statements or make mental reservations on certain issues as when a person is bound by secrecy or is questioned by one who has no right to certain information, end of quote. 
And then if that isn't Jesuit sophistry, I don't know what would be. So Rome says it's uh, permissible for them to lie when it best serves their purposes, yet they condemn Rivera for being a liar. Besides being hypocritical, their position makes a mockery of Scripture. Revelation 21.8, All liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. And to quote, Proverbs 12.22, Lying lips are, the, are an abomination to the Lord, but they that deal truly are his delight. Proverbs 6, 16 and 17. These six things doth the Lord hate. Yea, seven are an abomination unto him. A proud look, a lying tongue, and hands that shed innocent blood. In light of Rome's statement, about lying, I ask again, how much can we trust their claims about Rivera? Very simply, not one bit. Proof that the Catholic Church does indeed believe that it is permissible to conceal the truth can be found in their numerous false and unbiblical doctrines. Here are just a few. 1 Timothy 2.5, that Mary is the... Okay, it says here, what are they doing? Oh, I think, I think this, let me try this again. It says, one, that Mary is a, uh, a mediatrix between God and man, a lie. And then it says, look at 1 Timothy 2.5, that Mary, the mother of Jesus, was immaculately con- conceived, a lie, Romans 3.23, that priests can forgive sins, a lie, 1 John 1.10. That Peter was the first pope, a lie, Acts 10, 25, and 26. That the Rome is infallible, a lie, Romans 3, 23. That money paid into its coffers can help souls after death, a lie, Hebrews 9, 27. That salvation is to be found in her alone, a lie, John 14, 6. That priests can turn a biscuit into a living into the living Christ, the lie, Hebrews ten, verses ten and twelve. That idol worship, i.e., crucifix, rosary beads, sta- uh, statues, uh, saints, etc., is right, is a lie, Exodus twenty, verses four and five. That holy water can perform miracles, a lie. E.g., state affairs items, January uh, 1968, okay. 11, that the Catholic Church is poor, a lie. Read the Vatican Billions by Avril Manhattan. 12, that she saved thousands of Jews in Rome during the Nazi occupation, a lie. Read the truth on page 29 of the book Vatican Papers. Now, after considering these few Roman-inspired lies, many more could be given. Can any person with a sound mind give a 
scrap of credence to anything that this evil system might say about men like Alberto Rivera. Of course not. In fact, we would go so far as to say that if Rome agreed with Rivera and all that he says, then we would be highly skeptical of a man ourselves, of the man ourselves. Rome's denunciations of him only further establish the truth of what he says. Very valid argument. Why was he a Jesuit? Proof of the fact that Rivera was in fact a Jesuit can be found through several items, including his Spanish identity card, a letter of authorization by the Archbishop of Madrid, Alcala, pictures showing him in priestly garb in a parish school. With proof like this, the Catholic Church can't simply dismiss it all and say that he never really belonged to their system. The proof is available for all to examine proof as good as any man can possibly produce. It is interesting to note that ex-Romanists like former Mary Knoll missionary Robert V. Julian, former Sister Superior Donna Eubanks, and former priest Clark Butterfield all agree that according to their extensive experience in the Catholic Church, Revere claims are true. Another interesting fact is that many ex-Roman Catholics who are truly saved by the grace of God have no problem in agreeing with Revere's claims. And they know what the Roman Catholic system is like from personal experience. It seems that those Christians who believe the lies of Rome are circulating about Rivera have been made drunk with the wine of her fornication and cannot discern between truth and falsehood. Of course, Rome will deny Rivera's exposure of her evil system. Did she not trump up false charges against Shinnecke when he exposed her? Read 50 years in the Church of Rome and let the truth grip your heart. What about the famous Dreyfus affair, which divided France before, it turned, before the turn of the last century? False documents were provided to condemn an innocent military officer to life imprisonment. According to Edmund Paris in chapter 8 of his book, The Secret History of the Jesuits, it was the Roman institution which was behind the whole sticky affair. The Bible tells us to expect such a reaction from those who are servants of darkness. When Jesus exposed the false religious system of his day, he was crucified. It must not be forgotten that the Holy Mother Church claims never to change. As far as her campaign of lies and deceptions concerned, we fully agree with her. She has never changed her lying ways. From the reading of good, sound Protestant books, we soon learn that Rome's history is pregnant with examples of the use of character assassination to destroy her enemies when all else has failed to discredit them. 
Could Protestant justify killing? Could Protestant justify killing here? Could true blood-washed Protestants, either of today or the past, commit the same heinous crimes as the Catholic Church has and not be exposed? Examine the history of Protestants. One, which of the great Protestant reformers was guilty of the torture and murder of tens of thousands of innocent people in the past? Two, have men like Huss, Luther, Calvin, Knox, uh, uh, Kramer, Ridley, Latimer, and more recently, uh, Wesley or Whitefield, a record of torture, murder on their credit? Where or did, when did these men boldly proclaim that the church has the right to kill those who disagree with them. Three, in which Protestant church's articles of faith will you find a provision made to exterminate those by different persuasions? We must not confuse, for example, the execution of Romanists who took part in the gunpowder plot or who were subsequently punished by King James for their crimes. We must not confuse examples like this with the extermination of the so-called heretics by the Roman institution. Romanists were, were executed for crimes against legal uh, government. Protestants were put to death for their faith in God and his word. Those are two very different sets of circumstances. Let us never forget the reformers cried out against this evil system. Um, those who have recently left the Roman fold agree with Alberto says, where, where are today's genuine blood-washed Protestants? Thousands who have been redeemed by the blood of Christ should be standing faithfully beside Rivera and Chick in their efforts to expose this antichrist religious system. It must never be forgotten that as a denomination, Rome claims that she is the one and only true church. She contends that the Catholic Church was set up by Christ, who left as his successor, Peter, the Pope, the universal head. She claims that outside of her, there is no salvation. This is cultism in its most arrogant and devilish form. What sad state of affairs have we reached when uh, supposed Bible-believing Christian people will side with a lying antichrist system like this against a man who is endeavoring to expose her false teachings? Testimonies. My Catholic neighbors researched the truth in Alberto and double-crossed from their own church library. They left their church announcing to us, we are no longer Catholics, um, Albany, Georgia. Sent my brother, Alberto, and, and double-cross. He was pulled one way and back another for a couple of weeks, and finally following the steps in the back of the comics, acknowledged his sin, and asked Christ to save him. Like myself, he was a Roman Catholic, but now is a child of God. 
Rubensville, North Carolina, had two friends who read Alberto. One of them was outraged, but now both of them are saved and attending a Bible-believing church. Both of them were Roman Catholics, Rock Hill, South Carolina. My brother boldly took my mother, a strict Catholic, a copy of Alberto, for which I uh, for which I got after him. I felt that it was ang- anger and I felt that it would anger and alienate her. It led her to Calvary. She is now in his service and uh, has read her Bible from cover to cover in less than four weeks and is witnessing to all her friends, uh, Loretto, Texas. Chapter 2, Private Investigation of Alberto. Following are the six titles in a series of Crusader comic books published by Chick Publication, which are based on information that was submitted by ex-Jesuit priest Alberto Rivera. And what the heck? Okay. Alberto, Alberto Part 1, Double Cross, Alberto Part 2, Godfathers, Alberto Part 3, The Force, Alberto Part 4, Four Horsemen, Alberto um, Part 5, the Prophet Alberto, Part Six, and like I said earlier, a couple of shows ago or recordings, I actually said the Pope, and I meant to say the Prophet. So, do I say if you hear that, it doesn't make much sense. It's just me screwing up again. As a result of the numerous accusations that were made against the Catholic Church in these comics, the supposed Christian periodical Christianity Today unleashed a scathing character assassination of Alberto Rivera. Since they could not refute the facts he presented, they did the only thing they could. They discredited his testimony by attacking him personally. And you're going to find that with an awful lot of quote-unquote Christians today. <clears throat> Most of them is simply just a title. Most of them had the capacity to even have this kind of a conversation, even listen to this. What makes you wonder how much of a Christian really are they? To determine if the charges against Dr. Revere that were printed in Christianity Today were valid or not, the Canadian Protestant League, which is not affiliated with Alberto Rivera or Chick, Jack Chick, in any way conducted their own investigation on the accusations. They printed their findings in in the September 1983 issue of its official organ, The Protestant Challenge. We have reproduced a portion of their report here to further substantiate the facts that Alberto Rivera is, in fact, for real. Quote, Booklets produced in the comic form by Chick Publication in cooperation with Dr. Alberto Elmar Rivera via Alberto Double Cross, The Godfather, Sabotage, The Big Betrayal, and more recently, The Force, have excited angry responses from the Roman Catholic hierarchy across the continent. 
The said publications have been called hate propaganda, which is ironic in itself. Of course, they would know what that hate propaganda is. They do it. They master it. And demands have been made that they be banned. These are familiar demands used for generations to get those who have dared to expose and oppose the false claims, doctrines, and practices of Roman Catholicism. The books have been described by papal representatives as well as by those duped by the Jesuit propaganda as absurd, bigoted, a comedy of errors, demanding uh, of condemning out of hatred, uh, dangerous to the cause of Christ, disgusting distortions of truth, evil spirit-inspired, false, filthy hatred, hogwash, lewd lies, malicious, uh, playing uh, fast and loose with truth, Satan-possessed. And by the way, it's interesting that some of these same things I have been accused of and people that have actually been on my show say that they are actually at war with, uh, are battling the false church and trying to get people to come out. And that's not an exaggeration. I have been rebuked on this show by one person who said that they were Bible-believing Christians. I had another one who said that uh, the reason why I don't understand what he's saying or don't accept what he's saying is because of the, I lack a spirit. In fact, I had two who accused me of that. Um, I had one accuse me of, be, of calling them a, a, a Seventh-day Adventist and a um, Jesuit. I've had a lot of real rude things so far in this journey. And, you know, I imagine it's just the beginning. Um it is true. I mean, I've talked to somebody that I have, uh, at least I was through by email last night, that somebody actually inspired me not only to do what I'm doing, but actually even come to the Lord. And, um, you know, one of these days maybe we'll talk about them. I, I, have to, I don't know if you care if I would mention that or not. I don't know. I should have given his permission first before bringing his name up. But, Anyways, he's telling me about some of his horror stories, and it seems to be a common consensus for many of us that uh, the people that treat us the worst are those who actually call themselves Christians. And you tell me it's not a spiritual battle. It's not a spiritual warfare going on. That's the only thing I can think of. And uh, Satan will use anything to keep us from finding out the truth. He'll do anything. To follow the truth and the way and the life, that would be Jesus Christ. Shameful spiritual propaganda, trash, stupidity, ugly, as well as working for the devil and not Jesus and moral and decent. That's another of the claims against him, thanks to the uh, Roman Catholics. You know what? They're really good with these kind of uh, uh, accusations and trashing people. Amazingly good. If you ever need to have somebody to do some negative PR on somebody, get a Roman Catholic to do it. Go find a Jesuit priest. They're the ones who will do it. (laughs) They do a great job. 
<clears throat> by the time you get done listening to reading some of the stuff, most people just after the first couple of lines will just throw it away, and they know that. They won't even go any further. And they will not exercise critical thinking, and of course it takes time and effort to get to that point. And it's, most people just don't care enough to know the truth. So anyways, quote, Christian bookstores have been coaxed, awed, and threatened into this continuing sales of the Crusader series and every other pieces of material published by Chick, even its gospel tracts. Quote, at the head of the office of the Canadian Protestant League, we have attracted a little more than our share of attention, innuendo and threats by legal and other means. We only started to handle the material when we became aware of the aggressive campaign to remove from it, it from the scene. Two of the books were banned from entry into Canada on instruction of a director of the Canadian Customs and Excise on the grounds of immorality and decency. We challenged the outrageous accusations in court, and the order was rescinded. And, you know, it's funny that I was told by somebody who says and possessed who has professed to be a Christian for, I don't know, 35, 30, 25, I don't know how many years it is, and snobbishly said that, uh, well, there's an awful lot of us that uh, make fun of Jack Chick and his work and Chick, um, and his Chick, uh, whatever, comic books. And he says basically that uh, an awful lot of us think, quote-unquote, Christian think that it's a joke. Who's the joke? At some point, back up the claim or back off, right? Repent. And yet, will it happen? And when people say, well, it's not your place to say, well, let's, you know what? I said it anyways. When will you repent? When will you either back up your claims? I'm going to sneeze. Back up your claims or uh, back down? And it is a very valid question. Why aren't you, if you truly are a true believing Christian, you know, why aren't you not sounding the alarm? Do you even care? Hey, listen, I'm going to say it again. The Pope is having a joint session to Congress. Do you care? Or are you going to go on with your, uh, what you always say as like stuff like uh, Gnosticism, ever learning and trying, to, you know, but never coming to the truth? Are you going to keep on talking about things like communism or uh, about all this wasted time about this? you know, type of Christian or that type of Christian or uh, exegesis or uh, whatever, all this stuff. I mean, are you going to try to be the next White, what's his name, James White, and prove to everybody how absolutely smart you are? Or are you actually going to actually raise, the, you know, blow the horn, warn God's people? You know, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how much you know. 
is most of the junk anyways. The important thing, if you are truly a Christian, is to recognize who your master is, who's the Lord of Lords, and who your enemy is. Your real enemy. And while you're going around playing your mental gymnastics and trying to prove to people that you're so smart, why don't you just share? Share this with people. Let people you know, make up their mind. Do you not recognize the importance of this? The Bible itself says the final, the fourth and final empire until the coming of our Christ is not the United States government, it's Rome. That's the way it is. Quote, we are threatened by the appointment of of a study committee responsible for the Attorney General of Ontario at the urging of the office of the R.C. Archbishop of Toronto to determine whether Alberto and Double Cross should be designated as hate literature and appropriate charges laid. We have been visited by inspectors of the Metropolitan Toronto Police inquiring about our involvement and speaking of the possibility of actions against us. We made no effort to hide any of our activities, but admitted freely that we were selling the items they were asking about. We repeated to them what we had told others. We would welcome a charge being laid against us under the hate propaganda section of Canada Criminal Code, and if you haven't figured that out, Rome, the Vatican runs... Canada as well. We believe that when any pressure group can successfully imitate or intimidate, excuse me, all Christian booksellers across Canada and refraining to sell certain literature because it is offensive to some, then surely someone ought to be ready to focus attention on such a threat of faith and freedom in this land of ours. What's going on there? Let's get this out of the way so we're going to lose it. We are prepared to take that action. We have been reminded uh, the possibility of a $6,000 fine or a two-year prison sentence, we have insisted if and when this should take place, that no one will pay the fine. Perhaps this will arouse apathetic Canadians and apathetic Christians. One would expect Roman Catholics feeling their own institutions were assailed to rally every effort to offset the most effective, fruitful harvest the said literature is able to report, but the more tragic form of attack from those who glory in the label of evangelical Christians makes sad reading indeed. Christian reader, Cornerstone and other Sunday visitors, published an article authored by Gary Metz entitled The Uncomical Alberto Rivera, a prominent article 
in Christianity today. More recently, an effort by Brian Onken and Ford, the official organ of a Christian research institute, appeared under the title Alberto, The Truth About His Story. In this story, uh, Dr. Rivera, the converted Jesuit priest, is represented as being a dishonest fraud. Areas are named in the United States wherein Alberto will already be sought for questioning. And yeah, and anybody who comes to these Christian research institutes and they don't ever talk about the Counter Reformation, the Jesuits, and about the Roman Catholic Church, uh, you know what? They're not serious, and there's actually no reason to listen to them. And you know what? They really are. They are the tip of the um, iceberg. They are the tip of the pyramid. And it's not just opinion at this point. Now, at least not for me, and not for many people. Seriously, look for the truth, and uh, are not looking to attack. Well, I was never looking to attack. You know what? A year and a half ago, I still thought, honestly, I'm going to tell you the truth. As wacky as this sounds, even a year and a half ago, I still thought Roman Catholicism was Christianity. I had no idea. I wasn't going after trying to, to destroy them or out to, to fight them or do anything. But as my journey to find the truth, the way to truth in life, it just inevitable came like a, a, an avalanche of and it's ever, never-ending information God is revealing to me through many different sources that tell me that this is not the case. This is not so. Now, on the show, they did the uh, uh, characteristics of Antichrist with Tom Ferris and Yurt. I love them to do that. I'm glad they did that. And if you want to go listen to that, I mean, it's simply read it. I mean, it's overwhelming. And that is just one of millions of opportunities for you to figure out who the biblical historical antichrist is, if you would just open up your eyes. Now, if there was any group that I should have any kind of beef with, the last one would be the Roman Catholic Church. I mean, I was raised in Roman Catholic, I was in the New Age thing, and I was in AA. Unfortunately, all those institutions have been influenced one way or the other, if not created by the Jesuits and the Roman Catholic Church. So what does the man to do? Except go to the head of the stake. The articles demand a response from those who are jealous and contending for the faith and to conserve their freedom. Concerned Christians wish to hear, to hear answers to several questions. Is Jack Chick a totally irresponsible publisher? Is Alberto Rivera a lying sensationalist who is character, character, uh, caricatured as being? Uh, uh, is Alberto a truly God's instrument for our day to bring about a longed for reawakening among duped Roman Catholics so that they can 
true, be truly one to Jesus Christ as Lord, Savior, Mediator, and Advocate, to the Bible as his word of God, authoritative, free from error, inspired, and reliable to judge all other authorities, and directing people to come out of an organization that is anti-Christian. Why the terrible abuse and attacks upon these two brethren? Why has someone not followed up on some of the uh, charges made? Can we not analyze the charges? Can we not forensically analyze the charges made? Will the men and magazines held by many as authoritative in the field of evangelism allow us to examine their charges? We want to know if they have a case at all. If their charges can be logically and evidentially supported so that we must see Dr. Revia as guilty beyond a reasonable doubt, then we must re-examine our own position and alter our stance for supporting Chick and Rivera. Now, what is contained in the expo coming to us in these articles and expos? Alas, they are being accepted by those who are have never taken the trouble to thoughtfully and thoroughly investigate the charges against the brethren. Are these criticisms dependent upon heresy, evidence, rumor, reported information, charge, the fraud, usually reliable sources, deception, controversy, disturbance, question, reliability, untruth, continual lying, Defiance, contradictory testimony, ingenuity, ingenuity uh, in attempts to validate his own story. This is the short, the sort of language of those who sit in judgment upon Dr. Rivera. Can it be that the wish is to is the parent of the thought? What? Can it be that the wish is a is the parent of the thought? Okay. Do these accusers want the stories to be true? These are the questions calling for uh, definitely stated answers. That is what we are seeking. Examine the charges. Well, you see, I'm trying to plug along. I want to get this done if I can, but I don't know if I'm going to be able to finish it. Examine the charges. These magazines, upon which so many people rely, make statements concerning Dr. Rivera with no presentation of supportive evidence. This is so obvious, it is difficult to assess the writings accusing the man. Now, imagine we are sitting in a court of law and serious charges are laid against Alberto Rivera. The prosecution does its utmost presenting its charges and its testimony supporting those charges. The defense attorney, if he considers that evidence weak, will move that no case has been established and ask the magistrate to dismiss the charges. Should the judge agree, the accused is released. He is assumed to be innocent. He, We want to observe the charges and consider how well those making the charges substantiate them. 
Shall they not be properly supported in the presentation when we ask that they be dismissed? And that apologize and that apologies be made to the brethren charge. The Bible tells us as Christians do violence to no man, neither accuse any falsely, prove all things, hold fast that which is good against an elder receive not an accusation but before two or three witnesses in the mo- mouth of two or three witnesses shall every word be established did the critics of alberto outline the basic steps followed by the roman hierarchy to discredit and destroy any who left their ranks did they endeavor to expose Romanism's errors and evil practices? Did they insist that uh, Judaism is not, by any means, uh, Christian? In his defense against what he describes as slanders leveled by friends and foes alike, Revere calls attention to unchristian and anti-biblical charges and accusations, but the head of the Church Research Center, which carefully avoids research into the crimes, massacres, or Roman Catholic institutions through the instrumental, through the instrumentality of articles appearing in Cornerstone and Church or Christianity Today, an honest, decent person, even a non-Christian, will recognize the validity and, cred- and credibility of Dr. Rivera as a Roman Catholic priest. Why have these critics consistently attacked Alberto Rivera instead of the doctrines he, expo- he exposes and proclaims? <clears throat> Mr. Metz says, Alberto says he worked with notable Jesuit spies such as Catherine Coleman and Jim Jones. Yet nowhere and at no time has Rivera said he worked with either one. The critics tell us that the story of Roberta was banned by Christian Reformation Church, the Zondervan Publishers and Southern Baptist Sunday School Board, yet fail to admit that many of the congregations associated with these three bodies, continue to sell the Crusader comics in question. The critics failed to ask the Roman Catholic hierarchy why they were upset because the articles were true, for because of them, thousands of former uh, Roman Catholics have found Christ as Lord and Savior and were coming out of the Rome's religion. <laughs> why else should a priest of an Indian reservation in New Brunswick order a faith missionary to stay off the reservation. If it were not that many young Native adults were reading Albertos through the comics and were coming to Christ, this has been true in Western Canada and some places in Ontario. Why did not the critics ask the representatives of the Roman Church why these demands they currently make to ban from entry, etc., unless it is for fear of an acceleration of many of their people in this exodus from Rome. 
Why specifically are the mentioned publishers trying to abolish Alberto's series from all their all of their outlets? Have they been asked? Have they been asked whether the local Roman church representatives have not appealed for this because they are offensive to them? This was the reason given by the office of the Toronto RC Archbishop. We are told by critics our investigation reveals Rivera's political record, his investment scheme, his bad check writing, his contradictory testimony, his fabricated education record, and his reported family abuse. Yet, the author of these words must have forgotten something. He neglected to quote from any court records, indeed, does not mention any single court record, location, any date, or any case number, or charges filed, whether or not an arrest was made, and the final outcome of the level charges allegedly made. Reported abuse, newspaper clippings, magazine articles, several article writers, each quoting the others, never must be understood to be valid. Factual evidence credible of the anything at all. Critical mention is made of a college in Spain for which Rivera, as a Jesuit priest, was authorized to collect funds when he was not properly authorized to do so. The articles claim that Rivera was never a priest. No mention is made of the name of the college or the source of the information to support the conclusions. It was officially agreed from Roman Catholic sources that Dr. Rivera had indeed been appointed to act in the collection of funds for one month, and surely he would have not been so used without his priestly credentials being checked. We are told that the, a minister of the Church of God of Prophecy had experienced embarrassment when Rivera allegedly had written a check on uh, an already closed account. Yet no mention is made of the location of the minister, of the bank concern, of the locality, of the airline desk complaining, whether the writer had even seen a, che- a copy of a check, whether the closed account had previously existed, or to which office of which the department had said ministered had written a complaint. True, the accusers gave us the name of the minister, but nothing else. Charges are made of a history of legal entanglement, court actions, accusations of fraud, warrants issued for arrest, writings of bad checks, yet no, speci- uh, spec- uh, no specifies regarding complaints. Vital details, police records, places, hearings, no result are reported at all. And this is what they do to you folks. <clears throat> and, you know, whenever you do that, you know, if you do read anything from, uh, uh, you know, even Yahoo.com, you know, .com, the headlines, you know, and if you read something, make sure to check the sources. Check the sources. 
and if it's uh, online, that's the problem with YouTube and all that is how do you check the sources unless somebody's really responsible and, and gives you some of the sources. But then you, with YouTube too, you have to check this. You got to check to check the sources. But a lot of people use other YouTube channels and all that kind of stuff. And so, if it gets this continue, it's really easy to spread a rumor, you know, a lie. Indeed, inquiries have been made by uh, the Canadian Protestant League of every one of the police jurisdictions mentioned by the accusers, and consistently the response has been, "We have never heard of this man." We hear of alleged inconsistencies, contradictions, and possibly conflicting dates, yet we have never been given the sources of such information, letters, tapes, photocopies, individuals, individuals, etc., not even a newspaper clipping. We are told Alberto's claim to have been a Jesuit priest and a bishop is denied by the Roman Catholic spokesman. They state the documents he exhibits as proof of this priesthood are a little more than a form of letters giving permission to travel abroad. What else would one expect? Surely we would not expect Roman Catholic officialdom to admit that Albert Rivera is telling the truth about them and their uh, Jesuitical practices. How naive are we expected to be? This thorough and honest report, which was produced by a source completely separate from both Alberto and Chick, uh, strips, away, or strips away the facade and reveals the facts behind the smokescreen. Alberto Rivera is exactly what he says he is, a former Jesuit priest who was converted to Christ, a uh, the vicious, the vicious character assassination attempts made against him only go to prove the veracity of his statements about Rome. <clears throat> Chapter 3, Answer to, our, to Article in Christianity Today. Christianity Today is the title of a very ecumenical magazine. Bang! Red flag! Bang! Ecumenical. Though it is uh, supposedly a Christian periodical, true Bible-believing Christians were not surprised when Christianity attacked Alberto Rivera and the information he has presented. Three pages of their March 13, 1981 issue were devoted to providing, proving Alberto to be a fraud. Did the magazine honestly believe Alberto to be a fraud, or was there no other reason for their accusation? Many interesting questions are raised. First, did they attack Alberto for free fear of angering their Roman Catholic readers and losing money through failing subscriptions? Two, is it possible that the Catholics are already in control of the magazine and that they organized the whole smear campaign to discredit Alberto in the eyes of those who believe Christianity Today is really a Christian magazine? Three, is Christianity Today even Christian to begin with? As a result of uh, magazine articles, uh, as a result of the magazine article, a former Roman Catholic named James M. Houston wrote a letter to Christianity Today 
in answer to their attacking article about Rivera. We reprint part of his letter as further proof of the validity of what Alberta has said. Please keep in mind that James Houston is in no way connected with either Alberto Rivera or Jack Chick. Part of his letter reads as follows. I have read your three-page article exposing J.T. Chick's Alberto to be a fraud. See Christianity Today, March 13, 1981. I would like to make the following comments on the same hoping that God in his sovereignty would allow this letter to be printed in full in a future issue of Christianity Today. First, considering the evidence set forth in your, your article, though I find many things stated of which Alberto Rivera may or may not be uh, guilty, I can find no evidence in the article that proves he him to be a fraud, unless, of course, I'm misunderstanding the word fraud. You do state what Rome herself has to say about Alberto, who in a right frame of mind, unless they are totally ignorant of history, will give heed to her words in the light of the following evidence. <clears throat> A, her teaching that the end justifies the means allows her to her the freedom to lie just as long as it propagates her cause. B, H.G. Wells, noted historian in his book, Crux and an Anceta states, page 105, Roman Catholicism is a broken and utterly desperate thing, capable of only a, malign a malignant mischief in our awakening world. Uh, and then in page 155, I think that it stands for everything most hostile to mental emancipation and stimulation of mankind. It is the completeness, most highly organized system of prejudice and antagonism in existence. Everywhere in the world there is ignorance and prejudice, but the greatest complex of this, this these, with the most extensive uh, prestige and the most intimate entanglement with traditional institutions is the Roman Catholic Church. It presents many faces towards the world, but everywhere it is systematic in its flight against freedom. And the quote, See Lord Macaulay says in page 548 of his 1852 essay on Rank's History of the Popes, Gang's quote, It is impossible to deny that the polity of the Church of Rome is the very masterpiece of human wisdom. The experience of 1,200 eventful years of in, the ingenuity and patient care of 40 generations of statesmen have improved that polity to such perfection that among the contrivances which have been devised for deceiving and controlling mankind, it occupies the highest place. But even with such a great cloud of witnesses, one might be tempted to ask the following question. 
Has not Rome changed recently? To to answer this most vital question, I turn once again to the message of D. Martin Lloyd-Jones. Quote, Ah, but you say, has not Roman Catholic Church changed? You are simply looking back. You are speaking as if you lived in the 16th century. Don't you realize you are living in the 20th century? My answer is quite simple. The proudest boast of the Roman Catholic Church is this, that she never changes. Sumter, it looks like uh, uh, Edom. Uh, that's the name of somebody there, right? Or, or no, Sumter Edom. There must be some uh, Latin thing from there, like never changes, right? Maybe. How can, how can she change? If she changes, she will be admitting that she was wrong in the past. But she was saying then that she was infallible, that the Pope is the vicar of Christ, and that he cannot make a mistake. If she says that she is capable of change, she is denying her central claim. She does not say that she is changing. She Never will. The Church of Rome remains the same. If anything, she is even worse. She has added things to what she taught in the 16th century, such as papal infallibility, etc. No, there is no change in the Church of Rome. And if there ever is one great world church, it will be because the Roman the Church of Rome has absorbed all the rest and swallowed them in ignorance. Uh, in the light of all this evidence, should we uh, give any logical, logical credence to what, the, what Rome has to say about the person, Jack, persons, Jack, Chick, or Roman Rivera? God forbid. Secondly, uh, getting back to Alberto Rivera and your accusations against him and Chick's organization, I do not believe that Jack Chick would jeopardize his well-guarded ministry, grounded ministry, without some definite leading of the Holy Spirit. Surely he would never put himself in such jeopardy unless he was quite sure Alberto was genuine. Just a small consideration of what Rome has done to those who expose her in the past tells me that Chick has laid his very life on the line, and what of his dear family? Has he not also jeopardized them? Thirdly, I must consider Alberto himself. Why would he also put himself and his dear family in such jeopardy? What could he possibly gain for such a move? No logic moves me to conclude that he is being led by the Holy Spirit of our, uh, excuse me, no logic moves me to conclude that he is being led by the Holy Spirit of our dear Lord. God bless his brave heart. Fourthly, I must consider Satan's part in all this. In the light of what Jesus says in Matthew 12, 25, 26, Every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation. And if Satan cast out Satan, Satan, he is divided against himself. And how shall his kingdom stand? In the light of 
of the much proven fact that Rome has always been a devilish system and a curse to everything it touches, I doubt very seriously that the devil himself would offer a book that at least has started people once again thinking about the great evil of Rome. The devil may not be wise, but he is shrewd and cunning. Fifth, I must also consider the true, holy, living Christians that I personally know, and though they be few, yet they are in agreement that this is of God. Sixth, though Rome has proven herself to be the greatest fraud ever put off on mankind, I do not recall your magazine going to any great length to expose her as such, even though such a move on your part would be most blessed benefit to all mankind, especially the body of Christ. Again, I must ask the question, why is your magazine so anxious to expose dear Alberto? A good question, for even if I thought for a moment that this book, Alberto, was set forth and pretense, could not my heart rejoice as the Apostle Paul does in Phil, uh, Philippi, uh, Philippians 1.18, that once again this mother of all spiritual whoredoms is being brought again to the attention of the true sheep of God. I must say that I am very suspicious of your motives in printing this article. Also, I note on the second page of your article where, Roman, where the Roman Catholic editor of our Sunday Visitor states, the sad thing is that chick ties are hard to refute. It may be that they are hard to refute simply because they are true. Amen. <clears throat> At last, of course, that's the, what that uh, Catholic editor said. Mm. You know, when it comes to this amen thing, you know, you look at the Roman Catholic and amen, are they the ones actually praying to Alman Ra and the rest of the Bible believers just say amen, agreement of, or you know, truly, or whatever? Because, you know, we don't go amen, 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 like the Roman Catholics do. We just say amen. I think this whole thing about amen somehow being equated to Amon Ra in the Bible is another devilish ploy by the Roman Catholics. Because in truth is, that's what they're doing, whether they realize it or not. Especially those who are doing that chanting over and over again, which you're not supposed to do in the first place. What did they say about vain repetition? Oh, I can't wait to do that series about amen. I have been listening to Foolish Men for the past four months on this show. And prior to them, I was listening to people on the Internet. I'll say how amen is about amen raw. And then when you end your prayers with amen, you actually pray to amen raw. And yet, all that evidence comes straight from the zeitgeist movement. And isn't it interesting that so many so-called self-professed Christians, many of them I have met via the Internet, 
refused to say the word because they're totally convinced. Yet they can't see the irony in it all. Why, if you have amen in the Bible and yet it's amen wrong, doesn't that challenge the legitimacy of the Bible, the Word of God? Oh, it's said in so many other books. Who gives a right? So what? Who cares if other books say amen? Other books. And he says, you know, people say, well, it's in the, all these other Bibles and all these different languages. So what? Maybe it's been universally used for a thousand years. Maybe there are actually groups of people that are praying Amen Ra, and the rest of us are actually saying Amen, Hallelujah, praise the Lord, Jesus Christ, and our Heavenly Father, His Father. I can't wait to deal with that. Anyways, I can't get back to this. You know, I'm almost done, really, believe it or not. i got about maybe ten more chapter, paragraphs. At least I must consider the fact that, uh, to my remembrance, I read extensively. I have never read anything against J.T. Chick uh, until he attacked Rome. The devil's mad, and I'm so glad. Hallelujah. <clears throat> uh, I could go on, but I'm afraid I uh, may have labored you too much already. So I will stop. I do pray that this letter will be received in the spirit in which it is written. God willing, may the truth set forth in it reach the hearts of my dear souls, or many dear souls, excuse me, lest they end up with the mark of the beast. My God, all, my God also encourage your heart to search this matter out diligently, lest you be found to be fighting against the very spirit of truth himself, even our Lord Jesus Christ, our Lord. Mm-hmm. Uh, written by one who loves Jesus and hates the devout enemies of Jesus with the perfect hatred that David speaks in Psalms 139, verses 21 to 22. And it says, I remain someone who is praying for you. Signed, James M. Houston. This letter, this is the letter Mr. Houston asked some very good questions. For example, one, why is Christianity today so anxious to condemn a man who is exposing false religious system? Two, where's the proof to the to substantiate the allegations that are leveled against Alberto? The article is long on accusations, but solid proof is conspicuously absent. Uh, three, Christianity Day says the Catholic Church denies that Alberta ever was ever a priest. Would you expect them to come out and admit that he was? Never. While the article was designed to discredit and smear Alberto, a careful reading of it only reinforces the information this servant of God has presented. In conclusion, In the light of all this, how can any honest person believe the Roman-inspired lies about Alberto Rivera and Jack Chick? We have 
presented independent evidence which heavily supports Rivera's charges against the Roman Church, evidence which can be obtained by anyone without much difficulty. We offer this challenge to any so-called expert on the cults or any other skeptic. Before you accuse these two fine Christian brethren, first get your facts right. Attacking the cults is good and useful. However, don't focus on a minor cults. Don't focus on the minor cults without exposing the biggest, most evil, dangerous one first. Otherwise, don't be surprised if true, born-again, Bible-believing Christians view your efforts with suspicion. But before you accuse uh, either of them of hating Catholics, find out what you're talking about. It is not hate, but true love that motivates these men to cry out to deceive lost souls perishing in a false religion. Gosh, I wish my brother and my sister would listen to me. And my mom. I wish people would listen to me, but they don't. So <laughs> Maybe your brother and sister, maybe your mom will. I don't know. Before you accuse either of them of hating Catholics, find out what you're talking about. It is not hate, but true love that motivates these men to cry out, deceive lost souls perishing in a false religion who is guilty of hate men who try to awaken and rescue the perishing the pious religious leaders who deceive multitudes and help push them into eternal flames of hell amen no it is neither Rivera or chick who are guilty of hate they are to be commended for their genuine love and compassion of the lost. If you care to discuss hate, study the history of the, of the Catholic institution. Their past is replete with acts that perfectly define the word hate. All right. Once again, this is called Is Alberto For Real? And once again, the reason I read that, because earlier I read uh, how the Vatican created Islam. And I thought it was important that it would establish some credibility of some sort, another. Hopefully most people are able to see this, of who this man is and why he would say these things. What would he benefit from for actually saying it? Who would benefit from saying that? To make not only... Roman Catholic Church angry with you, but now Islam angry with you. I don't think too many people would do that unless they were truly driven by the Spirit of God to help those to come out these false religions. Anyways, next time, part 11, we will get going on Allah, the Moon God. So, hope you enjoyed that. We are done with Is Alberto For Real? And we also are done with uh, the Vatican's connection to uh, Islam. 
and we'll keep plugging along. I had no idea the series would be 10 parts, uh, but it's a pretty complicated subject, isn't it? And we just don't want to just make accusations or just to have our opinion uh, baseless, uh, opinion not based on some kind of fact. And uh, so we'll just keep on playing on. So anyways, I don't know what to do. I really... uh, Yeah, we got uh, we got the haters going on again. Well, you know, folks, those are um, in the chat room. You know, uh, you know, you know what? Uh, you're sad. You're pathetic. Not all of you, but the ones who are doing all the attacking and acting like foolish servants of Satan. And you'll have your reward, and I don't want to bother me one bit. I am, though, concerned about those who are in the chat room or watching this. I would, if you are truly interested in hearing what I have to say, don't pay attention to the chat room. Just, you know, minimize it. So, And this guy will go on and go on and go on and go on and keep doing his foolishness, and he'll keep doing it, and eventually he'll give up. Uh, he'll realize, you know, what a waste of uh, time it is. And, you know, maybe he'll actually crack the Bible for once and open it and read the Word of God and discover Jesus Christ and fall on your face and discover him and repent. Oh, how wonderful that will that be. And then no longer have to say all these foolish things and spend your life in childlessness and uh, in delusion. Oh, how delusional we are without God. Oh, how delusional we are without God. Oh, how delusional. How foolish and childish we look like. And the thing that we end up saying. Anyways, God bless you all. Until the next part. And yeah, even those who have been the guests who are, you know, doing their thing, God bless you too. Yes, there's hope for you. There really is hope for you. Anyways, take care. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.